Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast where we're exploring the digital revolution, the extraordinary things happening in the world today, and talking to some of the business leaders who are helping to drive those remarkable changes. We're delighted to have with us today Thomas Sarosig, who is the uh, SAP's head of product engineering. He's been with the company a number of years and now is one of the key people creating their products and services, tying those into the digital future. Thomas, welcome. It's a pleasure to see you. Hey, absolutely. Pleasure is on my side. Thank you. Well, Thomas, uh, wow, what a time to be a, a, a senior executive at a software company, right? Uh, with things going into the world and everybody saying, well, if there's going to be a way out of this, it's got to be through technology. So, um, Thomas, you've had always have so many interesting conversations with customers. I wonder if we could just start there. What are you hearing from them about, you know, what's top of mind? No, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, these days are so exciting because we have a combination of a multitude of crises which we need to master. We still have the pandemic, which is still ongoing. We have a war in Ukraine. We have supply chain uh, uh, topics around the world. We have resource constraints. All of that happening in the same time. And that all the business leaders I talked to, like also this week uh, in the Hanover Fair, the largest industrial fair in the planet, everybody is basically talking about three things which we need to master. First is the business model transformation, business transformation companies need to do. And for sure, digital transformation is part of that uh, as, as, uh, as a matter of fact. The second topic is actually around supply chain resiliency. This is on top of mind based on all the uncertainties which we face. And last but not least, I mean, we, tackle, we need to tackle the largest um, crisis of humanity, which is the climate change. So sustainability center stage on top of mind. So these are the three topics which is, uh, which is on top of mind of our customers. And they exactly, as you laid out, technology and software can help to, to maneuver through these times. And as I sometimes say, we talked so much about new normal and we, we connected it with remote work and work from home. Actually, the new normal is about constant crisis management. That's the problem we need to face and you need to be prepared. And that's the reason why an agile enterprise architecture, the right setup, to do that is super essential. And that's where for sure software is a key ingredient uh, to succeed in this regards. Well, I think it was uh, the uh, uh, ancient Chinese saying, Thomas, right? That may you live in interesting times. Uh, and some people said that is meant as a curse, uh, that you know change will just be incessant and uh, we're not gonna have time to get used to things, but it sounds a little bit like that's what you've been hearing. Yeah, and I think for sure, I mean, crises are always a, a moment where you can reflect on your business operations and take the decisive decisions actually for the future and quite frankly also to differentiate in the market also compared to your competitors. But it requires decisive this, uh, moves and decisions and to be able to, to act in an, in an agile fashion. And it's, if you think about the, the three items, if you think about business model uh, transformation, where the entire world is going to, to services, to subscriptions, usage-based billings and the likes, and you need it because your customers are actually uh, asking and demanding. Then you need to be able to react to those customer requirements in an agile fashion. And that's exactly where, again, integrated processes from the, the quotation down to the to the cash part, quote to cash, to, to facilitate those processes are essential uh, in, in the end of the day. And that's exactly where we, with our ambition to deliver this intelligent, sustainable enterprise is a key aspect. And that's what we brought together with, with our innovation portfolio um, this year, but for sure, it doesn't stop there. I mean, let's think about all the supply chain issues which we which we face these days, and there you clearly see how important it is 
that we actually have a view on the connected network world what we have and that's exactly where is our sap business network where we bring together more than five million trading partners to be able to first of all foremost have the right transparency about all of your supply chain but quite frankly then also to react i want to give you pragmatic examples as of today one-fifth of all the ships in the world are in a pause so we have actually a situation that again one-fifth of the ships are standing in front of the harbors and cannot move which absolutely causes a disruption now what is important for our customers and that's where we help with our software they want to know exactly what components of the products are on which ship that they know which should be in a production site for the production of the good and fundamentally what's the customer order which customer is touched by this delay that they can turn this over to actively proactively call the customer give him the explanation about uh, the, the the delay but also perhaps gives gives him an alternative with regards to when he can deliver it in the in the right quality or based on this transparency be able to exchange the the supplier and to change perhaps the production side in order to to produce the good in the moment of time so connecting the supply chain transparency actually customer outcomes actually in this regards and therefore sure also in times of scarcity you also need to be in a position where you say perhaps you want to prioritize some customer orders on the one hand side perhaps based on um, sustainability but also perhaps on profit and margin optimization because some orders will have a higher margin profile than others and if you have a scarcity of chips for instance you need to optimize that and especially in high inflation times in high uncertain times the focus on those aspects are more important than ever and to have this visibility they need to see how this sap network is connected with our uh, with our solution portfolio with the erp system to make these calls to have these decisive calls to stay ahead of the curve and as i mentioned it changed the customer outcome in this regards for the better and with that differentiate on a longer period of time and then last but not least if you think about sustainability we all know that actually the factor 11 uh, higher in the supply chain uh, the, the, the carbon footprint than in the own operations which means if you really want to actively change the carbon footprint and we want to get to a net zero uh, uh, world uh, in, in, in the years to come then we need to tackle supply chain complexity and that's also where we need to get through the entire chain of the supply chain to all the tiers to connect it to be able to actively manage and, and optimize uh, the supply chain this is a foundational topic um, to, to optimize uh, for uh, sustainability and then also here if you think about it we have so many connecting parties in the world producing stuff and there for one company it's a waste it's an output of the of the production but for another company it can be the input really getting to a circular economy and that's also again a mathematical topic and a, a complexity topic at scale which we can solve by bringing this data transparency together actually and we start helping as of today only less than 10 percent of the world's goods are produced in a circular way for sure we need to get that up significantly and another aspect which we co-innovate with our customers if you think about the disposal process because we have scarcity of chips guess what if you have a, a refrigerator which you which you want to um, you know get rid of there are chips in there and now we even have marketplaces where these used chips are used for other products so connecting again the dots connecting data data transparency is a key aspect and for as you see for me it's so exciting what we can do to help solve these biggest problems of the world uh, together.
Well, Thomas, that's a fascinating set of insights there. And I know you had mentioned the Hanover Fair and I want to talk with you about Industry 4.0. But first, just a couple of things there. Um, one I wanted to ask you, you know, as you talked about this, the data transparency, the move to a circular economy, uh, this sense of resilience, more visibility into what's going on in supply chains. I just think we are entering an era in which things that not long ago were impossible are now becoming very possible. So I, I'm puzzled at why sometimes we see uh, you know, clearly there are those disruptive factors you mentioned from inflation and the war and, and other issues. But in the old world, when we weren't equipped with these tools, we felt like, ah, well, that happens, that happens, then automatically this is going to lead to a downturn, a recession, whatever you want to call it. I don't think we have to accept that anymore as inevitable because we have better tools and better approaches, right, to figure out a new way around those things. I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about that. I fully agree. And what you see actually also, that's a change what we see these days, is a different mindset of collaboration between companies. Yeah. A really open uh, um, mindset with regards to ecosystems where you live in partnerships. And that's where we embrace in our aspect to invite all of our partners together with our customers to solve their topics. Think about Catena X, which is an automotive industry network where all the automotive OEMs, all their suppliers coming together, also with our partners like Siemens, Bosch and the others, where basically we create this transparency, this trusted data exchange to solve those business problems. So this openness, this partner, this collaboration is key. And we did a tremendous progress on that one. To give you some examples, we now have an international data twin association, really talking about that we can have for every good in this planet um, an aligned data model, how this, this digital twin looks like, which we can use along this for this data exchange. So standards, which we said that people can integrate and interoperate between the companies is essential. And that solves a lot because we need to act in real time to exactly to your point. So the standard setting was an important aspect. We now also have um, with Gaia X, for instance, the foundation for this trusted data exchange and the framework that companies are opening up actually in this regards. And that's exactly, these are vehicles which we leverage, where we are also founding and pioneer partners of this because we truly believe in this collaborative approach, which I believe what we see in this world, companies are changing toward, which make, which make that, that, uh, that basically one plus one doesn't equal two, but actually three, when yeah. you bring this and the transparent aspect together. And Thomas, the other thing that I wanted to ask about, and it's related to that, but it's not so much, you know, across network and collaborative, although, you know, to some extent it is, but at Sapphire, your colleague Julia White gave a great example of the Trilogy Genes Company, right? And whereas before the, the technology that was available said, okay, to, you know, execute this great promotion for our new pair of genes, we'll work on this to get our supply chain right. And then separately over here, we'll try to stimulate demand in the market. But those two things were never connected. And Julia described a new model in which those are synchronized very tightly, delivering better outcomes. And I think in some ways less waste, uh, much better experience for customers and a better outcome for the uh, this you know uh, fictitious trilogy genes company. So I just think again, Thomas, what you talked about of mindset. There are new ways. There are better approaches. There are just smarter, more intelligent, more productive ways of doing things today. And I, I just think that's such a promising opportunity for SAP and others to be able to bring together that sub 
supply chain and demand chain in a unified view. Exactly. And this is also, again, demand supply is certainly a key aspect and that's in a network world. And that's the reason why the network planning needs to be integrated to the production planning and actually execution piece of it, that you have this connection. We call that synchronized planning. And, mm -hmm. and this is one of these uh, differentiating capabilities where I believe um, companies actually need to have this, uh, this, this visibility planning, but at the end of the day, it's about, about what really happens. So the integration to the real execution in the shop floor itself, actually. And that's a that's a key aspect where, as you mentioned, also in the Hanover uh, uh, fair, this was one of the, the, the key um, topics, like how industry thought that can help companies on all of these challenges, because this is a key aspect. So, Thomas, what did you hear there? Because uh, I know that we, we tend to sometimes uh, attach these things like 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, is, is 4.0 significant and why is it significant? I think the industry 4.0 will be the, the foundation for the, for the success of all of these companies in the future. And that's actually in Hannover Messe, uh, which is the largest industrial fair in the planet where all of the, the countries come together. This is a common uh, denominator. And the interesting piece to just define it a little bit, because sometimes industry 4.0, as you mentioned, it's a nice term, but what is actually behind it? So actually three things. The one thing is if you think about the vertical integration, if you think about digital factories, where you have the connection from the sensor data, from the machine data, which you can use up to the, uh, up to the business application there to really have this vertical integration and fundamentally be able to run a fully digital uh, factory and optimize, for instance, quality processes and like, because you have this real-time data from the machine, do a, a quality management with, for instance, visual inspection using AI, along the entire process to ensure that you actually don't create a product in the end where you're already in the middle of the process recognize that the quality will not be sufficient and it will be waste that can be that can be uh, avoided and with that significant value can be um, uh, generated in the end of the day and secondly you have an aspect around horizontal integration which we always frame as a design to operate process really from the design of a product uh, to the production but also the operations and service part of it and there uh, notions like this digital thread, the, 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 the digital twin from the creation of the good to the, the operations peak is a key aspect. And then for sure, we can leverage this again if you think about predictive maintenance, if you think about actually also um, a, a closed loop design process where based on the data you see from an operations perspective, be able to con continuously optimize the product um, and definition and production process. Uh, along performance uh, parameters. So certainly designed to operate in the, in the horizontal integration is a, is a key aspect. And here, in this regards, we were talking together with our partner, uh, like, like Siemens, to bring that together, where you also see again how companies come together to, to solve these problems. And then last but not least, the next trend what we see is industry networks as part of industry 4.0, based on the standards which we set together, like the IDTA, like the Open Industry 4.0 Alliance, like with, with GAIA-X as a foundation to establish industry networks. And this is then bringing all of that together for the companies um, to, to optimize them on the one hand side for supply chain purposes, but also quite frankly for sustainability purposes, which is essential, which is again flowing down into the design operate process to design the product also in a, uh, in, uh, in a sustainable way. So sustainable practices was also one of the key aspects uh, which we which we um, which we discussed in in Hannover, and I think that is an important uh, aspect as well. 
Well, Thomas, you know, again, that's it's uh, it's remarkable to think about that. It's almost been like the stuff of science fiction for a while, but now it's becoming very, very real. And uh, I know at Sapphire a couple of weeks ago, and it was just unfortunate that, that you couldn't be there. Uh, we're sorry, but I think all of your colleagues, um, you know, Christian in particular, seem to be really hitting hard on this point of we are past that uh, that time when business leaders had to make a choice. I can be more productive and more financially successful, or I can dabble or delve into some of these sustainability issues. He said they don't have to be mutually exclusive anymore. And some of what you just described clearly is pointing out to that. When you interconnect all the different steps of things, apply that intelligence along the way, you can get some remarkable outcomes. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about getting beyond that point where it's a trade-off, one or the other. I, I think it's absolutely spot on. This is not a trade-off. I mean, we, we need to understand that actually also a sustainability strategy is not a separate thing. It should be actually part of the business strategy, of the company strategy itself. And that's also something which I think is very obvious in the, in the market that we see that. And if you think about sustainability, actually, if you think about the various stakeholders, I mean, governments increase the re regu regulations anyway for, for companies, what we see. But you also see investment companies and asset management companies who only invest into companies with a, with a net zero target, for instance. You see actually the pressure from the employees because employees want to work for companies with purpose, want a company to do something good, which means in the war of talent, which we see sustainability also for the employee aspect is super critical. And then last but not least, your consumers and customers there's a huge pressure actually from customers and consumers to actually consume sustainable uh, products and, and, and goods. And quite frankly, they're also open to pay even a, a higher uplift uh, for, for, for this uh, for these goods, quite frankly. So the pressure is high and sustainability is actually a differentiator compared to your competitor. And that's driving a positive profit outcome as well. But what we also uh, recognize now, and that's also more a macro topic, that actually you see the energy transition to renewable energies is actually also actually a security uh, advantage if you think about the current struggles which we learn by the by the cause. So we now even can recognize that on a on a geopolitical perspective, the energy transition towards renewable and sustainable energy is a security guarantee and gives an, an, an advantage in the future and stability what is required on an ongoing basis so companies which are further ahead of the curve have actually also there an advantage with less uh, dependency on some of the the, the fossil uh, goods as well um, so also there from from that angle uh, you're better off if you have that uh, included as well so i think it's really uh, a significant endeavor and also just to mention one more thing for sustainability because we often connect sustainability with the environmental aspect and uh, so the, the carbon footprint or the methane footprint and the likes and this is for sure center stage for our uh, climate change and it should have the appropriate priority but we when we talk about sustainability we always consider it holistically along the esgs which means also the societal and the governance aspect like if you think about diversity and inclusion in hr if you think about ethical sourcing and procurement that you avoid child labor all of this is super critical and that's where you see where our portfolio comes together where we embed sustainability in all of the processes and data models natively and then for sure complement it with additional um, applications like the sustainability control tower which is bringing all of the, the, the ESG KPIs together that you really can measure the progress uh, but also with our food, uh, product footprint management being able for each individual product to be able to determine the carbon footprint 
and that in an audit auditable fashion, because I think that is also very important that we fundamentally, we work um, on, a, on a solution that we have actually a green ledger in a full auditable way, how this comes together. And that's exactly, I think, a very uh, important aspect on, uh, on this front uh, as well. So, Thomas, you know, I think even if somebody's willing to say, okay, uh, you know, all of that makes perfect sense, the, the issue of climate change, you know, for some folks can be sort of a uh, fractious issue. And even if you set that aside, what business in the world would not want to produce less waste uh, and do things, you know, more efficiently, productively with less waste all up and down the line? And I think, Thomas, it was in a conversation with you a couple of years ago, you talked about uh, a, a supermarket chain, I believe in Germany, where you said they had identified some just, you know, uh, but I think there's not just that coming, but across the grocery store and food production business, 30%, isn't it something like that? Some really high number, a uh, high percentage of food that is never used, but it's it's wasted. What if you could get that down to 15, 10, 5%, you know, just enormous advantages there to come out of these efforts. So it's just that hard-minded business approach. If somebody says, well, I can have profitability or sustainability, it's just not, that is not the case. You, it doesn't have to be either or. Yeah, that's actually a good example what you what you bring here. I'm, I'm glad to bring it up. Like that is especially relevant for fresh good items, like for, for fresh salad and, and all of that stuff, which which fundamentally, if you don't buy it within the day or the next day, it, it uh, basically, um, uh, you, you cannot sell it anymore. And that's the reason why we, for instance, co-innovated with this company, actually a dynamic pricing with uh, leveraging artificial intelligence to optimize intraday, intra-hour, how should be the stock of this fresh could be reduced and if not automatically reduce the prices because it's better to sell it cheap than to throw it away. And that's a multi-million saving and quite frankly, you also do something good with it because it's actually the, the worst thing what we can do considering all the poverty in the world and the people with, with hunger if we throw uh, uh, food away. So that's also really the right thing to do, not from a monetary perspective, from a, from a humanity perspective, actually. Yes. And we can do leveraging AI, dynamic pricing, and recognizing all of these patterns. And these are just things where you see how technology can help uh, in, in, in this regards to optimize um, for both, for sustainability in this aspect, but also improving with that automatically the profit as well. So I think it's actually a good point. I even uh, uh, this co-innovation customer even forgot that example, but it's actually spot on, Bob. Fully with you. Well, Thomas, thanks so much for your time today and uh, sharing these experiences that, you know, from Hanover Fair, 4.0 and all the other things you pulled together. Uh, it's a fascinating view right now. So really appreciated the chance to hear from you. Thank you so much, Bob, and wish you a wonderful day. Thank you.